everybody. Oh my god. <laughs> this again? I'm trying to make conversation, Erica. God damn it. <laughs> it's been a whole week, you guys. What have you done? Um, nothing with my it's life. It's been 20 minutes. It's been a week. You got to tell them it's been a week. It's been a week. It's been a week. It has been a fucking week. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I lived a whole week in 20 minutes. Yep. It was the craziest 20-minute week of my entire life. Yep. I mean, it was quite hectic. A lot happened in the 20-minute week that we had. Yeah, I still couldn't determine what I wanted to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm great. Listener poll, guys. What's better? Chipotle, Junior's Colombian Burger, or (gasps) Pad Thai? Yo, Junior Colombian Burger all the way. Never been. The potato chips on those. Oh, man, now I'm craving Junior Colombian Burger. I haven't had in a while. It's just a burger. With potato chips on it? Anybody can do do that. I could do that anywhere. But there's like a whole bunch of other <laughs> stuff that's on there that's amazing. Uh, pad thai. Mm, mm. Pad thai. So while Stephanie is now drooling about food that she cannot eat. No, me too. No, I kind of want Panda Express right now. Not sponsored. Please sponsor me. Is there a Panda Express nearby here? That's what I was trying to do with you earlier. Well, then try to look. You want me to look? I'm do- I was on DoorDash, and you were like, no. there's." A- oh, we can have Panda Express if there is, if it's a thing. That's what I was trying to do earlier. Well, then look for it. <laughs> I'll pay value money. You're not my supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Hi, God. welcome to Cheers from the Grave, where we all collectively lost our minds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Erica. I'm Stephanie. <laughs> and I'm Nicole. <laughs> Best intro ever. Keep it. <laughs> we're keeping it. <laughs> Fuck it. We're doing it live. Fuck it. We're doing it Literally, live. Literally, let's just do this one live. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a dream of mine to go on live shows. That would be amazing. Let's practice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So what do we have to talk about this week, you guys? We have things and stuff. And stuff about. and things? Stuff and things, things and stuff. What do you guys want to talk about today? Well, I have some true crime slash paranormal that I'd like to talk about. Yeah. Mm. So that's fun. Stephanie, what you got on the docket? Um, I'm going to talk about, you know, Cent- Centralia, Pennsylvania. Ooh. And then, Nicole, you've got... You've got... Fucking monsters. Can I start today? Yes, you can start, please. Okay. I want to I hear what you got to say. It's a shorty, but a goodie. I like shorties, but goodies. Okay. So today, I'm going to talk about the Montauk Monster. Ooh. And I'll upload a picture onto the Facebook and other socials once this gets posted. It is like a weird-looking creature. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't even describe it. I'll show you guys the picture in a how, second. How do you spell it? The Mon... What? M-O-N-T-A-U-K. Okay, so I'm going to Google it right now. It's like a washed up picture. I see a restaurant. I'll pull it up. No worries. Actually, let me pull it up now. Oh, wait. Monster. Okay, so you have to do monster by it. Oh, the fuck is that? Are you seeing the one from the beach? Like laying on its side, washed up? Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Are you seeing it, Stephanie? 
I'm trying to. My computer is not wanting to cooperate. Just FYI to those who Google search this. <gasps> oh my god! There might be other images. What am I looking that at? That might be disturbing. So, FYI. What is that? I'll tell. I'll tell. Don't even describe it. I'll tell you what you're looking at. I'll get into I'm that. Looking at my fucking Please. nightmares. <laughs> yeah, that's the fuck. Sleep paralysis, but it's the Montauk monster just laying there at the foot of your bed. Oh no. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Alrighty. Is that so, a ball sack? <laughs> <laughs> I had a different picture than that one that pulled up, but okay. I there's know a what few different she's looking at because I don't see any of that. <laughs> so I'll I'll post the picture in a second. Um, before we get into the description for those of you audio listeners only. <laughs> so basically, the origin of the Montauk monster. Before I get into the physical, the beautiful physical descriptions. Yo. <laughs> so the origin of our friendly monster here, who knows if he was friendly. On July 23rd, 2008, three young women went for a stroll on Ditch Plains Beach, a surfing hotspot just outside of Montauk, New York. The girls were enjoying the sun on their skin and the sand between their toes when they noticed a cluster of people farther down from the beach. The girls hurried to join the group, and when they elbowed their way to the center, they were met with a shocking sight of what I showed my other co-host and their expression <laughs> shit. The fuck is that? It's basically an un- unidentifiable animal carcass with bruised skin and bared fangs. More like a beak, but yeah. The girls snapped the picture, and thus the legend of the Montauk monster was born. Shortly after the girls took the photo, the carcass disappeared from the beach. Some claim that the local residents removed the carcass because of its smell and buried it in his backyard, <laughs> which is the beach itself. But of course, there are alternative theories to what happened to the quote-unquote evidence. Huh. So let's see. Alrighty, so the beautiful physical description. Hairless, bloated, and smelly, the Montauk monster definitely earned its title even if it wasn't a supernatural creature. We'll get into that. The carcass was a little longer than a cat, a little larger than a cat, I'm sorry. It had bare skin varying from white to a deep bruised purple and a few tufts of brownish gray fur. Rather than the usual paws, it had hands with delicate fingers. Its head still covered by a thin layer of flesh seemed to taper into a beak with a lower jaw full of needle-like teeth. And it had a long naked tail like a rat. So, wait, long, delicate fingers, delicate? Like a human, like human-like <laughs> hands. What? Pro- probably like the little, like, rat hands that you see, like how they like look a like raccoon? human hands, kind of. Like a rat. But it kind of looks like it could like be Like little a raccoon. raccoon hands. Yeah, you're right. Like a okay. hairless, beautiful raccoon. <laughs> that, there's nothing about this that's beautiful. Everything about this is beautiful. What are you talking about? I'll, I'll get into like... <laughs> <laughs> this thing is ugly as fuck. I have some more stuff for this This is what I see when I look in the mirror. <laughs> oh, God, Stephanie. Body dysmorphia. <laughs> you look like this. Oh, God. <laughs> that's the mood. Good Lord. Oh, my God. Anyway. All right. <laughs> So we can get into a scientific explanation of this beautiful monster. There's not really much about the lore or anything because he was found washed up and then removed. (laughs) 
So as soon as, <laughs> as soon as the photos of this quote-unquote monster were published, animal experts begin weighing on what it really was. General consensus is that the creature was a raccoon. Few other animals could explain. Few animal. Few other animal experts. I'm sorry. Could explain the human-like hands and the rodent-like tail. <coughs> a raccoon's slop skull could also be mistaken for a beak, especially if the teeth in its upper jaw were missing. A few experts have disagreed, claiming that the creature's legs are too long to be a raccoon. For me, it looks more like a pig yeah, type deal. It looks more like a pig in its body, in its like, length. Like a warthog almost. Yes. But yeah. it has a beak. But um, some people oh. do propose that the carcass was once a dog or perhaps a case of a rogue taxidermy with many animal pieces being spliced together to create an unknown Frankenstein-type species. That's not okay. That's what it looks like, though. I but mean, I'm going to show you what I'm looking at. And are we looking at the same thing? Yes, that one. Okay. It looks like a pig, though, right? With a beak. It, it kind of looks of, right? like the top of its jaw was just kind of broken off. And that's just like the with the, the, cart the cartilage bit. Because that could be bone. It, it could be like the top of an actual bone with like, it's just missing the nose and stuff. But mm. it, do it does kind of look like a pig on its side. Right, the blue, like the bluish skin yeah. of like, it being dead, like, like pig man ears. Yeah, but like from a first glance, you would think it's probably like a dead pig, right? I I wouldn't go that far. For a quick glance, <laughs> you're already looking. We're deep diving onto this monster I here. I am so deep into this picture I'm... that I don't even know what the fuck I'm looking at anymore. <laughs> All I see is a dangling ball sack. <laughs> Along with the explanation of the body, of what it could be. And then from the birth of the Montauk's monsters legend, we do also continue on that some theorists have noticed the proximity of Plum Island, which is a governmental research facility that specializes in animal diseases. Several ideas have emerged in relation to Plum Island. Perhaps the monster was an identified species which was being housed at the research facility for further study. Or perhaps it was a known animal like the raccoon, dog, or pig with a rare or unknown disease. And we also get into the whole animal experimentation. It could be a radioactive mutant or the Frankenstein creature. Oh, jeez. So, you, yeah, we don't really know what it is, what happened. And some people do also believe that the way it was, it just disappeared. It could have been the locals, like I said earlier, or it could have been the government coming in and cleaning it up how they do. Men and black men. Basically, <laughs> totally the men yeah. and black. It could have been. But yeah, that's the story of the Montauk monster. We'll upload the picture because you need the picture with this. Yeah, you Because it's just, it's a lot. Like when you first look at it, your mind goes through a lot of things. It's kind of unsettling to look at. So we'll definitely put like, to see if we can like cover the photo in a sense. To upload. Yeah. Oh, we'll just upload it. <laughs> I think what I'll do is I'll put it on Instagram. With the on swipe, Instagram, yeah. You can do a swipe thing. Yeah. Yeah. Take... When this episode airs, take a look at the Instagram. Yeah. yeah, I'll schedule that to air the post. Oh my gosh. You just can't stop looking at it, right? Am I the only one that sees this ball sack dangling? Seriously. I don't even want to look at it anymore. It makes me like, uncomfortible. Yeah, like, seriously, that's all <laughs> I, I don't see. it doesn't look like a ball sack to me. I don't know. You not see that? 
I see that. It just does not look like a ball sack. It looks like one. <laughs> it looks like a flap of skin. It's too. It looks like it's. Sack. It looks like it's too far up on the body to be a ball sack. But then again, I don't know what the biological marks of this creature is. So who knows? You're right. I still like to go with it could either be like radioactive or it's like a hybrid type thing. Since it was washed up, you never know. Yeah, yeah especially since it was in the water for so long. I feel the ocean bloating. water can do so much. Like the bloating and everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I still mean, maybe it was a dog. I still think it could be like some type of pig that was like messed up in many it ways. It looks like it has fur though. Pigs don't really have fur. I mean, warthogs. Yeah. But then it doesn't have the horns. I don't know. Yeah. That's so weird. Please feel free to look at the pictures. Look it up yourself. And please write into us and let us know what you think about the Montauk monster. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear other people's theories about it. I would love to, though. Yeah, please. We can go do a Montauk monster part two and just deep dive into what everyone oh, thinks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, that's my friend. Uh, <laughs> I don't even want to call him my cryptid friend. It's just, there he is. He's, He's just there. Rest in peace. He's dead in the beach. What oh, a way man. to go. people this is historical af i'm natalie and i'm kina and if you cuss like we do you better strip on in hopefully you cuss like we do <laughs> those poor virgin ears are going to get abused we are a historian librarian and the occasional surprise guest that delivered the funny weird spooky and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes plus once a month we bring you an extra af episode that is full of your stories and some articles featuring libraries and history in the news. Oh yeah, and we do all this while hitting the giggle water and gracing the world with our foul mouths and weird AF humor. So, if you like to laugh and love all things history, mythology, true crime, and paranormal, like you do, then we are the podcast for you. You can find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And to make it easy on you, we have them all available with links at historicalafpodcast.wordpress.com. And while you're there, check out the photos that accompany each episode. Check out our sources and learn more about us in our bios. All right, guys, we cannot wait for you to join us. All right, bye. Bye. Please listen. <laughs> Who should go next? What a way to open it up. <laughs> um, I can just go over a little bit of Centralia. Centralia? 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 Yeah. I think that's how, yeah. What's that? I never heard of it. So Centralia, Pennsylvania is actually um, a town that has basically been on fire for the past 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically been burning from a mine that caught fire 50 years ago and has not stopped uh pretty yeah, much a coal mine. yeah a coal mine um so a little back history on centralia is um 
It was a busy small town filled with lots of shops and residents. About 1,200 residents worked, played, and lived in Centralia. Um, however, today it couldn't be more different. Uh, Centralia's streets are abandoned. Um, the majority of buildings are gone, and smoke wafts down gra graffiti-strewn highways where this town once stood. Um, this town was actually the idea behind the video game and movie franchise Silent Hill. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Because okay. it is constantly fog-filled and smoky. So this town basically turned into a ghost town, and actually only five people to this day live there. Um, they were not allowed to abandon or sell their home, if I can properly recall. Yeah, there was some reason. As, I don't think it's that. I think they just refused. From what I understand, those five people refused to sell. Uh, seven residents remained via a court order. They are forbidden from passing down their property or selling it. Um, oh. That is all that I have found about that, actually. So that is weird. Um, Congress actually decided to buy out its residents, paying them to move. And in 1992, uh, Pennsylvania finally moved to kick the holdouts for good. Um, however, the seven re residents remain via court order. So, like, wait. The thing was is that five homes were technically claimed as safe to remain living in, and the state didn't want to pay for it. Like, for them to move if it was still safe for them to live there. That mm. makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, hold on. My... If they weren't, like, in any immediate danger. Yeah. So, the backstory of how Centralia um, came to be was um, they depended on mining. Um, however, uh, it took a tragedy when an abandoned mine pit turned or was converted into a garbage dump. Trash uh, was a big issue in Centralia. Um, it was full of unregulated dumps, and the city council wanted to solve a problem with unwanted odors and rats. So in May of 1962, the city council proposed a cleaning up of the local landfill in time for their Memorial Day festivities. Um, and their method for cleaning up a dump was to set it on fire. However, oh, that's smart. <laughs> oh my God. the fire sparked a much larger mine fire beneath the town. Um, oh, soon after a raging fire um, in a coal seam beneath Centralia began, it spread to mine tunnels beneath the town streets and local mines were closed due to unsafe carbon monoxide levels. Multiple attempts were made to evacuate um, and put out the fire, but all of them failed. Uh, the reason, ironically, is the aftermath of the mining that defined Centralia for all those years, there were so many abandoned mine tunnels in the area that one, many, or all could be fueling the fire, and it would be um, prohibitively expensive and likely impossible to figure out which ones stroke the fire and to close it off, um, or to close off every single one of them. It would just yeah. cost so much money. So they basically they let the fire continue burning. And as the years went on, the ground beneath the city itself uh, became hotter and hotter, reaching over 900 degrees Fahrenheit in some locations. Jesus. Uh, mm. Smoke was reported um, 
pouring out of sinkholes and gas started filling basements of homes. Residents reported health problems and homes began to actually tilt because of the heat levels on the foundation that they were on started moving. Um, it was also claimed that the graves in the town um, actually dropped into the abyss of the fire. <laughs> um, so the, the, all of the graves that are in town no longer exist and none of the um, bodies that fill those graves are there either. Um, oh due gosh. to the heat. Um, there was also a report of a 12-year-old boy who accidentally fell into a, one of the sinkholes and barely escaped. By then, it was too late for Centralia to even begin thinking about starting to close down. Mm-hmm. So um, rather than putting out the fire, Congress decided to buy out its residents, paying them to move. Um all but seven residents remained via court order due to the fact that those houses were still deemed safe to live in. So the state didn't want to buy them out because they still could live there. Um, okay. And also Congress um, forbid, forbade them from passing down their property or selling it. So they really went above and beyond to make sure that those people stayed. Um, wow. All of the buildings in Centralia were condemned and the zip code was eliminated from, <laughs> from census. Yep. Good Lord. So you cannot find the zip code for Centralia today. Um, today it still burns and is one of 38 known active mining fires in Pennsylvania. Um, and 38. Yes. Still burns what? as one of 38 known active mining fires. Yep. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. I know. <laughs> um, the fire, the, sorry, the State Department of Environmental Protection stated that the fire could burn for a whole other century if left uncontrolled. Um, oh well, the coal runs deep. It does. In those mines. So, yeah, if there's still fuel to fire, then yeah. Yeah. It'll keep going. And the thing, the thing is, is, because of the way the town is, has brought in, once again, cultists and Satanists believing that this is a gateway to hell because of the continual mm. burning. But it was um, used as inspiration for, like I said, Silent Hill. And I think we've all either played the game or seen the movies or just know of it yep. to know that it is fucking mm-hmm. creepy. <laughs> um, and, oh, hi, baby girl. Sorry, my cat's joining me. Oh, hi, Kitty. Um, so yes, uh, all visitors who come to Centralia actually leave graffiti all over its abandoned highway, entering and exiting the town itself. Oh my so, gosh, your cat is so precious. <laughs> um, so yes, and they actually have started putting up new fences. I believe in one of the last reports I read, they were putting up new ways to keep people from coming into town. Because it really? keeps it's unsafe. I mean, if the ground keeps getting hotter and hotter, clearly yeah. you don't want anyone to die from stupidity. But people will always. Well, my brother, <laughs> my brother's been there uh-huh. a few times, and um, he said that even though it's not illegal to visit, mm-hmm. they do have warning signs to kind of like so that way the state doesn't have they're not liable uh-huh. in a sense because they can't really keep out everybody 
um, since it's technically like public owned or whatever, mm-hmm. Commonwealth, but um, there's definitely warning signs from what he said. Yeah. So, but he's been there a couple times and he said it's creepy. Yeah. I mean, I'm going through pictures and it's, it's literally something you would see from a horror movie. It is just empty. And it's just continuously burning and it looks hot and muggy and just constantly filled with that smog. So I I can understand. It looks terrifying. I want to go. I do too. (laughs) And then there's Nicole who's like, nah, I already told y'all. Yep. (laughs) Took the words right out of my mouth. Now I'm okay. We're just all going to go to Pennsylvania and we're going to hit up like Eastern State and Centralia. And Nicole's going to be like, I'll just stay in the car. Yeah, wait, I have a question. Do you think Silent Hill is hot or cold? Mm. I don't know. Because if it's based on this place, you know, it's kind of. I mean, from what I remember from the movie, it looked like they were sweating a lot, so. It looks hot. Yeah. But also a cool another fact is um, several of the former and current residents believe that the states uh, actually did this on purpose so that they could plot to gain the mineral rights and the coal rights beneath the borough. But how can you get the coal if it's on fire? I don't know. You can't even get to it. Well, I th- at first they thought it was when they were first trying to get people out, that's why. Mm. Was that they knew that they could actually stop the burning just to get the coal oh. rights. But, Yeah. That backfired. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a little (laughs) bit of history about Centralia, Pennsylvania. Yay. That's cool. I love how their Facebook is like Centralia, Pennsylvania's hottest town. Yeah. I hate that. (laughs) Girl. Hi, Kitty. Hi. Oh, my God. Which one's that one? This is Bowie. Hi, Bowie. She is the resident uh, napper here. Oh. She's so precious. Okay. All right. So I guess it's my turn. So mine is true crime slash paranormal. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I did mine on the Mar- on the Ma Barker house, which is actually somewhere here in Florida, which means we need to go. Yes. All right. So the Ma Barker house. So Kate Barker was also known as Ma Barker. She was born on October 8th of 1873 and died on January 16th, 1935. She was the mother of several American criminals who ran with the Barker Carpus Gang during the public enemy era when the exploit of gangs of criminals in the Midwest gripped the American people in, in the press. Kate married George Barker in 1892 and had four sons, Herman, Lloyd, Arthur, and Fred. The sons' crimes grew more serious and at some point, they were inducted into the Central Park Gang. Herman died in August 29th of 1927 in Wichita, Kansas, after a robbery had left him and one police officer dead by shooting him point blank in the mouth and then turned the gun on himself to avoid prosecution after crashing the car. In 1928, Lloyd was sent to Federal Penitentiary at Levensworth, Kansas. Arthur Doc Barker was in Oklahoma State Prison, and Fred was in Kansas State Prison. From 1928 to 1931, Ma lived in miserable poverty in a dirt floor shack with no husband and no job while all her sons were in jail. This may have been when she became quote-unquote loose with the local men, as the FBI suggested, and by 1930, she was living with a jobless man named Arthur W. Dunlop. 
She is described as his wife on the 1930 census of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Things improved for her in 1931 after her son Fred was released from jail. He then joined former prison mate Alvin Carpus to form the Barker Carpus Gang. After a series of robberies, Fred and Carpus killed Sheriff C. Roy Kelly in West Plains, Missouri, on December 19th of 1931, an act that forced them to flee the territory. Ma and Dunlop traveled with them using various false names during their entrant crime career. A wanted poster uh, was issued at the time offering a $100 reward for the capture of the old lady, Ari Barker, as an accomplice. And after this, she was usually known to gang members as Kate. After a number of years of crime, Ma and her son, Fred, fled to Lake Weir in Florida. FBI agents discovered the hideout of Barker and her son, Fred, after Arthur was arrested in Chicago of, on January 8th of 1935. A map found his in his possession, indicated that the other gang members were in Oklahoma, Florida. They rented the property under a pseudonym Blackburn, claiming to be mother and son, uh, claiming to be a mother and son's wanting to vacation in a country retreat. So once the FBI located them, uh, agents then surrounded the house at 13250 East Highway C25 on the morning of January 16th of 1935. The FBI agents were not aware that Carpus and other gang members had left three days before leaving, only to find Fred and Ma in the house. The agents ordered them to surrender and tossed a tear gas canister at the house, but there was a scream and then Fred and Ma opened fire. During the shootout, Ma and Fred Barker shot from various windows until they finally made their way up to the second floor to have the higher ground. Allegedly, and this is where I was like, what the fuck, people? <laughs> Allegedly, many local people came to watch the events unfold, even holding picnics during the gunfire. Picnics. Wow. Who picnics. the hell sets up picnics? What year was this? 1935. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Sorry. 1935. I mean, remember, people also went to, like, public hangings and yeah. decapitations, so I'm not that shocked. But, like, people are just horrible. Yep. <laughs> it's like, that's their version of us holding up our cell phones during tragic events. Yep. Literally. So the gunfire from the house finally stopped after about nearly four hours and the FBI ordered local estate handyman William Woodbury to enter the house wearing a bulletproof vest. And Woodbury reported that there was no one inside left alive. Both bodies were found in the same front bedroom. Fred's body was riddled with bullets, but Ma appeared to have died from a single uh, bullet room. Oh, wow. Yeah. According to the FBI accounts, a Tommy gun was found laying in her hands other sources say that it was lying between the bodies of Ma and Fred. Uh, their bodies were put on public display and then stored and unclaimed until October 1st of 1935 when relatives had them buried in Williams Timber Hill Cemetery in Welch, Oklahoma, next to the body of Herman Barker. Hmm. Yeah. So the house itself is still riddled with bullets today. It is basically now known as like a historic site. 
so the house and the furniture and everything is all original. Like, even the furniture. There is a rocking chair that is in one of the rooms that still has bullet holes in it, which is pretty cool. I want to go. We need to go. <laughs> I'll go to that one. I'm about it. <laughs> well, about what it. I'm about to tell you about the ghosts, are you sure? Never mind. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was it. Oh, I'm no, like, there's okay, still no, because that that's on the spooky part. She was like, oh, we can do that. That's fine. Oh, ghosts? No, never mind. Bye. What are you on this podcast for? <laughs> mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So on to the spooky. <laughs> so as I said, the house itself is still riddled with bullet holes. Uh, since the shooting, people soon after heard noise coming from the house. A um, paranormal group called the Soul Sisters Paranormal did an investigation of the house on the 84th anniversary of the shooting. 84? Wow. During their investigation, they caught an EVP that says, hey, come back and get out. During the night when no one was in the house, there were two knocks, loud bangs, and the sound of a chair being moved. In the room where Mom and Fred died, they caught audio of what sounded like two people talking. And it started around 6 a.m., around the time when the, shoot, uh, when the shootout started. And the EVP said, Freddy, Yama, get ready. Okay. So they literally caught a conversation of Fred and Ma Barker being like, get ready. Hmm. And that is more of like residual, not... In, like Intelli- not yeah, um, intelligent. Yeah. Yeah, that's more of like a yeah. Um there was also a light anomaly that looks like a person walking from where Moss slept. Uh they used a REM pod. Do you guys know what REM pods are? Yes. No. Who okay. Stephanie knows. Nicole doesn't. Okay. A REM pod is like um the size of like an Echo Dot, and it has a antenna on the top, and it's got a red light in the center. And when there, it detects like an anomaly or some type of energy or anything mm-hmm. like that, it'll set off an alarm. Oh, I know what that is. Okay, okay. I've seen it before. Is it in a okay. what it's called? Yeah, a REM pod. I want to get one. <laughs> um, so they used a REM pod, which detects energy around it. Uh, They placed it where Ma and Fred's bodies were found. And they asked if, you know, they were there. And the REM pod indicated yes, as if someone was touching the antenna. They asked for the spirit to step back, and the alert stopped. They stepped forward and made the alarm go off again at the investigator's request. When asked if the spirit was Kate Barker, the REM pod did nothing. But when it was asked if it was Freddy, it was like instant. When asked if murdered, the alarm went off again. And he was a bit stubborn about stepping back when asked. When asked if Ma was still with Freddy, the REM pod indicated yes. Uh, then when they utilized the spirit box, um, when they asked, you know, hey, are you Freddy and Kate Barker? They said yes. They also got someone saying, we see you. Alvin Carpus, someone's up here. I can't see him. Fred, that was Kate, and Hebrew. 
When asked if they could say Blackburn, they heard a voice saying Blackburn. And when they asked what happened in the room, they heard they murdered us and we the dead ones. And that's all I have on the Mall Barker House. And it is available for tours. Um, and it is a historical site. So if you go to the, there's like a website that you can go on. Um, I got to look it up. I'm going to surprise you guys here. Yeah. I may okay. go. You should. It's uh, in Ocala. It's in Marion County. That's pretty close to home. So yeah, I, <laughs> I'm down for that trip. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Yeah? You know where I really want to go? I want to go to Casadega. I also want to go to Casadega, yeah. We all need to go. Well, thanks again for joining us, guys. We really do appreciate you listening to us. Yes. You guys are amazing. We love you. Right, guys, where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook at Cheers from the Grave, Instagram at Cheers from the Grave, or on Twitter at Cheers from Grave. And if you want to send in your spooky listener stories or anything else, really, that you think we would enjoy, please send them to cheersfromthegrave at gmail.com. Yay. And also, please do not forget that we do have a merchandise shop. It's merch.spreadshirt.com slash cheersfromthegrave. Um, please check it out. We do have a lot of cool merch on there. And buying merch supports us, which is awesome. Please yes. support us. Please, please, please. Because there's a lot of things that we'd like to do, but we can't do it if we can't afford it. Yeah. Please. <laughs> and we also do have a Patreon. If uh, you want to join that, we have a $2 and a $5 tier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cheers from the Grave. Patreon.com slash cheers from the Grave. The link is in the description. Yes. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. And I'm Erica. And I'm Nicole. And this is Cheers from the Grave.